I can't. Yeah, I'm with you. Happy Father's Day! Oh, oh, for those online, it is unbelievable right now. Hey, you know what? A big praise the Lord, though. Last week, uh, we had over 188 views of our service last week. That's pretty good. And it was at like 80 by Sunday afternoon. So anyway, that's pretty good. That's a good viewership. So come on, we can make a loud noise to the Lord. And then uh, between songs, we'll all move places. So it seems like there's more people. Okay, so we'll all rotate like in a volleyball game. Can we do that? We can do that. Come on, church. Father, we come to worship you. We come to magnify your name. God, we come to praise you before we request of you. Father, we come to, to bring you honor before we worry of our needs. God, we just thank you this morning that we can be together and magnify your name. Hallelujah. 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 Your love makes me sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, your love makes me sing, your love is amazing, and yet unchanging, your love is a mountain underneath my feet, your love is a Hallelujah, hallelujah, 
give the Lord a praise this morning. God bless you. Go ahead and have a seat. Uh, the meet and greet better only take five minutes today. I'm uh, just telling you right now, I better only take five minutes. Just a couple of announcements. Number one is Happy Father's Day. And uh, I, you know, we perform for an audience of one. Amen. And, you know, we as dads, we don't always know what we're doing. I know that surprises you. Um, in my case, I am just so thankful to have my father in heaven show me how to be a good father on earth. And uh, I'm thankful to my girls for making me look like a good father. Um, they really do. And uh, I'm thankful to... I was thinking about this. Anna, how old... So, so James is eight... And Johnny is, okay, next one, Matthew. Let's see, what is, it, what is that? Uh, wait, 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 three and two? So five, I'm trying to say five and eight. And who am I missing? Johnny is how old? Thirteen, 19 years of parenting, 19 years of being a dad. That's pretty good. That's combined. If I combine mine, I'm 62 years of parenting. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. I, uh, I, we have a couple of just things coming up. Number one, we're taking our break coming up here in a few weeks. Uh, we will have a couple of weeks in July for our Wednesday night. But our Sunday morning, uh, Sunday school with Jerry is, um, they're, on, they're on summer break right now. And everybody back in next in September will be coming back. Uh, we will take a break from the summit in July and August, as well as our Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, I have it in the bulletin. It's in the second week in July. will be our last one. We'll complete the 12 weeks of experiencing God. Then we'll come back, I believe, September 6th. And that's because our movie nights, we've got our tickets ready for you guys to do invites. The banner is going to be up here in a couple of weeks, less than that probably. Movies are picked out. We just got to update the website and Facebook, and we'll be all set. Please be in prayer about that as well. So, you know what? We could take five minutes, right? Five minutes to meet and greet. You should be able to do that today. In fact, in five minutes, you'll be able to run out, grab some coffee, and come back, okay? <laughs> so go ahead and show that five minutes, unless I'm forgetting. <laughs>
summertime. God bless you. Well, thank you guys for your faithfulness as we uh, thank you for your tithes and your offerings. And uh, those of you who give online also, thank you so much. We appreciate you as well. And uh, just want to remind you, if you go to our website, you can just click right there and give online. And it's secure, it's safe, and it's easy. And we thank you for that. Um, So, Father, we just ask you to bless this offering. We ask you to give us wisdom as a leadership and board. Uh, and, and that we just be good stewards and use it wisely. We ask you to make it go further than we ever imagined. Father, we ask you to give us favor financially as we continue through our reconstruction and the sale of the property that we're getting rid of and so much more. And we ask you to continue to move in us and give us your wisdom and good stewardship and guidance, God. We thank you for those who give faithfully, Lord, out of their hearts and give cheerfully as an act of worship. God, bless them and bless those that have a heart to give but are not in that place right now. We ask you to bless them and increase their faith in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. This morning, I uh, really felt on my heart this this it's so funny. I, I, I heard this in a song, and I can't remember all the words, but I really never thought about it. Before I give God my needs, I want to hear from Him. Before I go to God with all the praise, I just want to be before Him and recognize who He is. And I was thinking of that in worship. So many times we go into worship And we just kind of go through the motions. We do that in prayer sometimes even too. Oh, we have a need. We need to go to God. But do we remember to remember who he is before we even go there? This morning, I challenge you through worship just to focus on who he is this morning. So why don't we go ahead and stand and worship together, recognizing who God is. Oh, uh-huh. 
never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let me, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let me, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna
is going to honor you today, I believe. You know, it's, it's funny how things work out in ways we never expect. I always think of those times where I didn't want to go to church, and uh, Debbie made me. This is before I was in ministry. And for some reason, those Sundays seemed to be special. God would do something on those Sundays where you didn't want to be there, but you showed up anyway. And I believe that. Sometimes we have to fight through our own feelings, fight through what we're going through, so that we can get through all the noise and hear what God has to say. Pastor Jimmy, are you coming down? Oh, we have that video. I always forget those little videos. We have a fun, fun, I, I love this. So can we hit the, oh good, thank you. Watch this and then Pastor Jimmy's coming on down for you, okay? Okay, how long do you think it'll take? Have a seat and we'll get to you as soon as we can. 
Thanks. Excuse me. Hey, sweetie. Do you have mom's iPad again? She said I could. Oh, she did, did she? Shh, she's in the bathroom. Okay, okay. Hey, Daddy, when are you going to be home? Very soon. Daddy has a flat tire. Aren't tires supposed to be fat? No, silly. Not not fat. Flat. Daddy has Look a... Look at my drawing. I drew all the animals from Noah's Ark, Daddy, but I pretended like it was our family going on the ark. Daddy, me, Mommy, and Madison. Can you see it, Daddy? Yes, yes, you did a very good job. Hey, sweetie, why is Daddy on a boat with a referee? That's a zebra, Daddy. Oh, yes, now I see. And you're standing on the top of the boat because you're praying to God to keep us safe, like you do at home. Hey, Daddy, when you get home, you and I are going to play tea, and I'm going to be the princess. Yes, you are. Hey, what's Daddy going to be? You're going to be the hero, Daddy. You're always my hero. Well. <gasps> Mom is coming. I've got to go. Love you, Daddy. Bye. I love you, too. Alright, awesome video. Saw it twice. Second time, uh, still makes me cry. <laughs> oh boy, don't look down. Uh, okay guys, so today, kind of tough. I wanted to, God put on my, really put on my heart, talk about pride today. It's going to be a tough one. It's a tough message to kind of work through to, it, 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 it was tough, it was tough. Um, it, and because I think so much of us struggle with pride. I know I do. And I, I recognize it more after, after this message. Pride's weird because it can take so many different shapes. You know, you don't necessarily know um, that you're, Sometimes you don't even see it. Someone has to point it out to you. What makes this so tough is there's going to be people in this room, the minute they heard that, heard the word pride, 
they already shut down. I said, oh, this isn't a message for me. I don't have problems with pride. I want us to be open today. Be open that we be open that we are prideful. That there is areas of in our, in our lives that we struggle with pride. Let's start off by uh, let's see what God has to say about pride. Start off in right here in Proverbs 16:5. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. See, pride, I think, gets kind of pushed aside like it's not that bad or it's not as important. We focus on other sins. But it's clear how God feels about pride by that one verse. We need to... I know in my own personal life, I go, I got to get a little more serious about this pride thing. It, it's serious. So my goal today is that we just recognize kind of maybe some areas we didn't know that we had pride. And we just work on them. Because it, pride can hinder your intimacy with God and others that you love. Let's talk about what pride is. So... Well, the definition in the dictionary says, feeling deep satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. Okay. Um, I scrolled down. This one I really liked. The quality of having an excessively high opinion of oneself or one's importance. So very, very self, you know, how good you are. What a good job you're doing. Look at all the things that I've done. We look uh, I found a quote from C.S. Lewis, and it says, Make no mistake about it. Pride is the, greatest, the great sin. It is the devil's most effective and destructive tool. So if you look, we, uh, pride kind of enters into the Bible around Genesis 3. Here we see Satan using pride as a way of which to seduce Eve. And we all know he takes a form of a serpent. He first contradicts God, um, as what it's talking about when he, um, about eating the forbidden fruit, and he calls God a liar. And it's at this point that Eve starts to kind of reject God's word and enters into this weird unbelief. And if that wasn't enough, Satan draws her even closer by arguing that God lied to keep her from enjoying all the possibilities inherent in being God-like. You see, Satan is tricky that way. He's always doing those tricky things. He was able to lessen her confidence in the goodness and love of God and arouse her desire to become a God. That's kind of a big red flag right there. Anytime you have the desire to lift up and exalt yourself 
more than what our place is as God's creation. So, as it continues, Eve now begins to look at the forbidden fruit in a new sort of way, a new light, as something attractive. Finally, weakened by unbelief and enticed by pride, she decided to disobey God's commands. And just like that, Satan was able to use pride for Eve's downfall. If we look at James um, chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, it reads, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Every time we are tempted, we are lured and enticed by our own desires. So this, by this point, or from this point in the Bible, we see just an outworking of pride and unbelief in individuals, families, nations, cultures. Pride is something that most of us struggle with on a daily basis. The thing about pride is when or when pride kind of enters your life, God starts to become smaller and smaller. God is no longer at the top. If we look in the Bible, there's many biblical examples of pride and its consequences. One of my favorite um, stories is from the Old Testament, and it's about Uzziah. I actually looked at a say this, and there was the funniest video of this guy, and he was like, okay, come on, we are going to talk. Uh, I don't think that's me. I think that's actually an air conditioner. Um, he says, okay, come on, we're going to say the word. It is Uzziah. <laughs> and I just can't think, that's what I think about every time now. I even wrote it on my paper, Uzziah. <laughs> it's fun. Okay, if we look, uh, we see the story of Uzziah in Second Chronicles 26. So it pretty much starts off, oh, that's not a slide. Uh, it pretty smart starts pretty much starts off uh, when he becomes king of Judah at age 16, and he was God-centered, and his heart was set to seek God. Well, through this, God made him successful, he got rich, he got powerful, and that's when it started taking a turn. If we look down in 2 Chronicles 20, 26, verse 16, it reads, But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord, his God, and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So why is that a big deal? That doesn't sound like a big deal if, you know, you're just reading it. But that was designed, priests were the only one that were allowed to do that. And he felt like he was getting the, he's being the big man, you know, he's, I can do this now. And because of it, God gave him leprosy. The biggest issue here is Uzziah changed his focus from God to himself. 
it's kind of this kind of a weird thing. Sometimes God will bless us, but what sometimes happens is our character can't support it. He, he almost blessed us like overly blessed. And I was thinking about this. I said, I think if I was rich, I don't think I could handle it. I, I think, I don't know if my character could handle me. I'd like to say I'd do good things, but who's to say that, you know, I would still tithe. I would still, I'd like to think I would, but what do you know? You know, if, let's say you had like stupid money, like $26 million. That's a lot of money to me. I feel like I'll never make that in my lifetime. Thank God. But would I, would I still come to church? What, what, what would it be? And a lot of times in Uzziah's case, he got, I don't want to say overly blessed, but he couldn't handle it. And all the focus turned on himself and not the thanksgiving, th giving thanks to God. So what happened is he got kind of a uh, exaggerated sense of his own importance and abilities. And in doing so, kind of brought truth to Proverbs 11.2, which reads, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. And we, we go through the Bible. There's many, many examples of stories just like this one. You got uh, Hammon in the book of Esther. Goliath in 1 Samuel. You got Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4. We kind of looked at an Old story, or an Old Testament story. I want to look at one of my favorites in the New Testament, and that's a parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. You'll find this over in Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 9. And this is kind of aimed for, you know, people that are all kind of got this self-righteous thing going on and how you know there's people that'll treat others like with so much contempt or whatever you want to call it and it what's cool about this story is it addresses spiritual pride which is like a dangerous temptation of religious people and leaders so in the story we read about the much despised tax collector and the self-righteous Pharisee they both go up to the temple to pray so you got the, it starts off with the Pharisee praying, and he's just kind of commending himself on all the good he's doing. And he's kind of really looking at the tax collector negatively and kind of scorning him. You go to verse 11 and 12, and it reads, this is the start of his prayer. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. You kind of sense the pride in there. He's even talking about the guy that's in the same temple as him. He's like, I'm better than that guy. If you notice about that prayer, it's all focused on what he's doing and how good he is and how bad others are. 
Now, if you look, we, uh, we move on down further, you'll see we hear the tax collector's prayer. And that tax collector is so painfully aware of his sin. He's not up at the altar. He's, he's face down in the far back. He's ashamed. You, you, can, you can sense it. And it kind of shows you, it paints this picture about how, how much he needs God's mercy. Complete, total opposite than the Pharisee. Jesus concludes the story by saying, Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, pride, I mean, we can, we see pride all over the Bible. We even see the apostles. There were some hints of pride going on in there amongst them. We see this in Luke 22. So, it would be fair to say, even if the apostles themselves struggled with pride, it could happen to us too. Pride can be summarized as an attitude of self-sufficiency, self-importance, self-exaltion in relation to God. And I got one more quote. It says, Pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense. And what's really tough about pride is it can vary. You know, from, from me to you, pride could look super obvious in me, could be super subtle in you. We do see a lot of pride in the New and Old Testament, and everywhere makes God angry. And he opposes it. Pride can sometimes be easy to see in others, but hard to see in ourselves. So how, can, how do we fight pride? What can we do? A simple word, humility. The definition is a modest or low view of one's own importance. Humbleness. Being humble. But we can't do it. We can't fight pride on our own. There's no way. We probably get more prideful trying to fight pride. Like, I conquered you, pride. I did it. You're mine. It's God. God's the only way. And the only way I know how to do it is just to pray. Pray that the Holy Spirit comes in, identify, so I know, hey, where are these problems, these prideful problems? Now help me work through them. Help me fix them. Help me, help me change. If you really want to uh, seek out pride in your life, ask your wife. Ask your husband. Because I guarantee you, they can see it. If, if you're kind of blinded by it, oh, they see it. Ask them, or will you be too prideful to ask? <laughs> so what I've done is I've uh, kind of come up with some areas of pride, things I think, you know, for one, I noticed some things I go, oh, that's a, that's a red flag. 
So I kind of came up with a couple, couple options here of what pride might look like and just how, you know, it sneaks in and invades our lives. Let's start number one. Number one, struggles to receive constructive criticism. Anybody know somebody like that? That is a huge one. I actually really focus on, I had to focus on not doing that. Like, hey, you're just trying to help me. I'm going to get all defensive, okay? I know my sister, she's, man, you can't tell her anything. She's so frustrated. My dad used to, right? He would be like, hey, you know, I'm just trying to help, you know, he my dad would, you know, try to be a dad and help us out. You know, hey, you might want to think about putting some money away instead of spending it all. <laughs> Come on. No, but my sister was like, said, hey, that's color red. She'd be like, no, it's blue. <laughs> Had to always, you ain't going to tell me nothing. Struggles to receive constructive criticism. Number two. Admit when you are wrong. Oh, boy. This is one for me. That specifically in our marriage, this was a tough one for me. Okay. Oh, I remember, so I specifically remember, you know, we have a fight. We don't fight much, thank God. But, you know, maybe I said something or something, right? And you're laying in bed, right? And you're doing that like, you know, we're going, going to go to sleep, but we're not because we're angry. And... <laughs> and I remember sitting there, okay, I got to say I'm sorry. I was wrong. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying, like, it's trying to come out, but it just won't. It's stuck. I just, I'm, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Go to bed. It took so many years before I could say, I'm sorry about that, babe. That wasn't you. That was me. I was totally out of line. It flows freely now. But, man, back then, beginning uh, years of marriage, it was just like, maybe she'll say it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, so that one, that one has been a huge one. I mean, oh, now, no, no pride in that area. I can say, hey, look, that was silly of me. What, what was I thinking? Number three. When you see yourself above doing certain tasks, this one's always, every time I thought, you know, at work, you get like a crummy job, which happens, like there's stuff, as in my job, stuff I like, stuff I don't like to do, but I always go back to Jesus, and I go, if he could wash the disciples' feet, I should be able to clean a toilet, you know, it's like, Anything, anything that you think you're above doing, well, check yourself, you know? It's like, just do it. Just do it. Okay? Humble yourself. Get it done. Number four, assuming you already know what someone is trying to teach you. <laughs> I see this, I, I've seen it a lot. I think I see it a lot in my kids or something. I'm just, would you just quit jumping ahead? I'm showing you something. 
And I know for me, this, this actually really helped me when I was learning a lot of HVAC stuff. I knew nothing about HVAC. In the, uh, where I used to work, I, it was plumbing and HVAC, and I handled all the plumbing. They did all the HVAC. But there was four other HVAC guys, and I knew nothing. So I would let them teach me and show me. I would purposely ask the same question to the four guys to see how they all varied in their answers or how they did things. And all it did, even though maybe they would take the time to show me something, I would never say, oh, I already know how to do that, friend. <laughs> I got this, okay? No, in doing that, in just saying, hey, you know, I may know it, maybe he knows a better way. It helped me learn so much faster. It had me learn things that, okay, what's preference? What's, you know, what's how you're supposed to do it? What's just kind of a trick? It, that one was special. That really helped me learn things real good. Number five, feeling you need to always teach everyone else. That sounds like John. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Johnny, Johnny, he, he tries to, he's got to be in everything, like, show you everything, do everything, it's like, son, relax, let him, let him, I don't know, you know, it, something he's going to have to work out there, I could point it out, but he's got a lot of, you know, a lot of good things to do, Johnny's a special Okay, so 15, which is, where am I at? Oh, a big one on that last one. Where, where are we at? Uh, number five. Oh, I'm on number six. Go back. Feeling that you need to always. So that one, for me, cooking kind of made me do that thought I always had to teach everybody else that I was the best. The way I did it was the only way, and it got bad. I kind of turned to like a little neat freak, like, that carrot is a quarter inch off. Cut it down. Throw them all away. Like, it really affected me to the point where what helped me was when we did, uh, when we had youth and they helped us cook that dinner. Oh, I was over there like she's cutting them all wrong. Do you think any of you noticed what the vegetables look like, how they were cut? I'm like, that one's all out of shape, but that one, how could this be? Everybody's going to hate it. And it, that really, letting people like, hey, it's okay. Ah, oh, boy. To not just be a control freak and huge, huge, huge. Hopefully you guys can relate, and I'm not the only one. <laughs> relate on a couple of these, please. <laughs> Number six, thinking you are better than others that are less fortunate than you. Seven, flaunting things in front of people. I was wearing a lot of bling. Oh, I got the new self, the new iPhone 28. You know, ha. It's just stuff. Eight. Consistently, consistently critical of other people. 
you could sit here all day long and point out, oh, well, you know, a lot of people get that hindsight or whatever, and you'd be like, well, he's not doing that right, or I could have done that, and well, maybe, but maybe not. You know, that's really, it's almost exhausting being critical of everybody else. It, it can just really like, and that just feeds the pride, oh, well, you know, I would have moved that over there. There's a million, like in plumbing, there is a million ways. You say, okay, uh, I want, you know, a toilet here, whatever there. You plumb this, plumb that. There's a million ways to do that, you know. It doesn't make, you know, there is some right ways, but there's more, there's always more than one, and there's a million ways to do it. So that doesn't make one more right. Maybe there's a better trick with one than the other. But you got to remember that sometimes. Don't be so critical. And nine, justifying sin rather than confessing. This is a weird one. And I say weird because I've come to the conclusion that I can make, I can make anything sound okay. I can, I can convince myself Oh, it's just a box of donuts. I only ate a box. <laughs> you know, or, uh, you know, it's, I mean, you can literally convince yourself if you try. If you're leading with your mind and not your heart, you can pretty much talk yourself into anything, and it'd be okay. <laughs> Number 10, unwillingness to submit to authority. I got some of that too. Okay, sometimes it's tough. I, and I guess it depends. I mean, you have to almost say, God, okay, this is my boss. You put him here. Uh, this isn't directed at you by any way. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but no, you're just like, he put him here. I'm going to, you know, he's the boss. I'm not the boss, okay? I may have a better way of doing things, but that's not the point. And it's really tough to just let go of that and say, okay, I got it. God says over and over again, humble yourself and I will exalt you. This gives us like hope and encouragement. Christ, Christ demonstrated humility by the very act of leaving heaven. Come into earth and taking the form of man. He demonstrated an unfathomable humbling of himself. Matthew 20, verse 28, it says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. 
Jesus kind of the perfect example. That's it right there. We can't do this on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. You know the Greek? In Greek, they have this word, and it's called tapenos. Tapenos. Same guy. <laughs> tapenos, which is humble. It means to be humble. We need to have the right view of ourselves before God and others. Kind of looks like a dude, man. Look, I just made this. Kind of created it. It was nothing. Just made it. It's kind of like a guy. Hopefully it looks like a guy. He's got legs and feet and a head. It's a guy. Or a person or, th- you know, whatever. So, I just created that. Made it out of nothing. It's a guy. He doesn't talk yet. We're working on it. <laughs> what rights does he have? Okay? I created him. What? I made him out of nothing. He wasn't anything before I made him. Just a guy. Fine. The, sometimes, in the same way, God created us from nothing. He created us for him. And sometimes we go, oh, well, I deserve, nope. I don't deserve anything. What I deserve is death. It's his universe. He created everything. We are gods. Not we are gods. We are gods. (laughs) And the crazy thing about it is... God is crazy about us. He loves us. It says that he yearns for a relationship with us. Having the right view of ourselves before God. Can you submit even when you don't agree? Is there ever anything in the Bible where you're flipping through there and you go, hmm, I don't know if I agree with that? Well, tough. You know what's funny? So, uh, Blue Letter Bible, I use that a lot. It's a great, great resource. A lot of times in the commentaries, if you want to listen to people, there's like Chuck Smith or J. Vernon McGee. That guy is hilarious. I mean, he's super old-timer, right? And you listen to him, and he sit, you know, he talked like this. And he said something like, well... You may have a better way of doing things, but you don't have a universe. (laughs) So we may not agree. Maybe we have a better idea, but it's not our universe. Regardless of what this little thing wants, it's not his. I created him. And in the same way, God created us. Humility is our greatest friend. 
If you guys can all stand, I'll pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this day. It's a beautiful Father's Day. Thank you for everyone that's here, every, everybody who's listening online. Lord, I thank you for this message. Father, I pray that attack our hearts. Holy Spirit, come into us. Help us recognize these areas that are prideful. Help us to discover ones that we didn't even know. This here is love. And above all else, Lord, please, please help us. Help us fix them. Help us change our ways. Recognize that pride is wrong. Pride is a sin that we need to take care of. We need, and we can only do it without, we, we can't do it without you. We can only do it with you, Lord, working through us and in us. Father, I pray as a church that we can come together as a each being a like-minded follower of Christ, we can come to one another and say, hey, this might be a problem. Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving us, creating us. And Father, help us to not take our focus on Have a good week. Happy Father's Day.